What's up, guys? Uh, today on the podcast, we were a little rusty. We did record improperly. We are sorry. There's nothing we can do about it now. But hopefully getting back into some kind of... What would you call it, Casey? Rhythm. Rhythm. Some kind of rhythm. We'll uh, get these issues addressed by the next one. Uh, thanks for listening. The day is June 8th, 2018, and we are here recording an emergency pod. Mer- is it? It's an emergency pod. Oh, what's up? Emergency. Anthony Bourdain has passed away. Yeah, that is... And we had to immediately find a way to make our schedules work. We had to talk about it. We wanted to put it we out there. We had to get in the same room and and hammer it out. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, well-known chef, TV host, traveler, author, um, passed away today of apparent suicide. Um, kitchen, restaurant, service industry is kind of like very upset. It was a weird day at work for me. Everyone kind of talked and shared stories about that guy. And kind of like Humans other- are upset. Humans, Humans are, upset. are upset. We're all yeah. upset. Everyone's here. upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, after that, we kind of take a hard right turn. We go, we dive into music. We jump into our music. Which isn't that hard of a right turn. Anthony Bourdain yeah. loved music. Uh, we talk music. We talk. I want to miss his Instagram stories, man. Yeezy um, and his latest two albums. and Your hatred of Kid Cudi. My love of Kid Cudi. Yeah. Our, I don't know if the opinions are, are that strong from either one of us, but we do discuss kid cutting. True, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, without further ado. Uh, Episode 27. What's up? Sorry for the long delay. Guys, it's been... Two and a half weeks. I was moving. We're working. Yeah. Casey's working. You know, I would say at least one of the times it was my fault. I'd say like, no. It well, was a solid two to three. Let me paint a picture for our audience here. Go ahead. The way that our scheduling works is Casey will not say anything to me all day. True. And then we'll roll in at a time somewhere between 1.45 and 7.50. I've never been here as early as 1.45. I need you to know that. Okay, 2.45 and 6.30 p.m. Accurate. <laughs> Some Somewhere in that four-hour window, he's like the Comcast delivery guy. Oh, yeah. He will roll through and then on the spot go, let's do this. And sometimes I go, I have customers to, to satisfy. You've never once had a customer in this store. I've never seen one. How dare you? <laughs> Don't lie to the this, listeners. This was a, a online customers, rather. True, yeah. Yes. So it's been. It's I been want cur- to make a good impression and get packages out ASAP. So yeah, you got slammed there. For we a were unable to record on two of those days, but in my defense, I had no idea you were showing up. That's fair. Well, actually, one of the days you messaged me and I was like, "Sorry, too busy." That was twice that happened. Um, another time, you know, as you would say. Life happens, ombre. Yeah, so, Life happens. I'm glad you're ombre. right there for that. Hey, man. I already know my own catchphrase. Yeah, we're right, you know, uh, it's like riding a bike. We're right back at it. You haven't ridden a bike in a while. <laughs> I rode a bike just Sunday. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Did it feel good? Did it feel like no, Saturday? I used to do this a lot. No, hold on. It was for some, it was Friday. It was yeah. because they couldn't figure out what a noise was. And so I rode a customer's bike. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to enjoy a bike ride. But it was you, more of a you diagnostic. You hopped on one. Yes. I got you. No, it's been a weird two weeks. I like move. I moved to Montrose. Yeah, you've um, moved closer to the studio. I've moved to the studio. Yeah, um, it's very close. <laughs> I that's been weird. I also like we hired a second morning cook to help me with all my work at Nancy. So I've been like training him and getting him like set. So it's been earlier and You're later. Right, let me t- teach you everything I learned here into over me, the last two weeks. Let me show you everything that I have been. F- just like slammed with now it's your turn and like this whole time carlos great cook has been like how the hell have you been doing this by yourself and it's like i get here super early sometimes because i'm not fast like the rest of the cooks have you been um able to slack more than you would have no no slacking it's so i kind of thought like hey i'll be able to eliminate some of the stress here and here but the stress has gone, at least for the last week and a half, has like skyrocketed. Okay. So now he's kind of settled into knowing what he's doing. Uh, he's flying solo the next two days while I'm off on my weekend. I have a bank schedule now, Monday through Friday, son. 
Seven to three. That's me. You confused me. You said bank schedule. You know, like the bank schedule. Like, yeah. Uh, you're nine to five. I'm a seven. So you're Monday through Friday. Yeah. Like sick. It, sick, right? I don't know how you just keep coercing people into giving you exactly what you want, but you do it. You work so props, really hard. Props for thank you. Five to six weeks. Put in your. Oh, put I. In, <laughs> put in your two months. Yeah. And then you're and golden. I'm, like, hey, I'm good. Um, we haven't addressed audio on this podcast a while, but I do want to say we started a little quieter. So if we just suddenly got louder, not sorry. Uh, it's just because we made a fine adjustment. Hopefully, that's the last of that. Um, today is June eighth. We both woke up to some pretty bummer news this morning. Yeah, it's a weird day. Um, Anthony Bourdain uh, was found in his home of an, not his home in Paris Hotel. Of a uh, apparent suicide uh, by hanging himself. Is that, his, the, is that what they've? I had determined? to go to TMZ to get the dirt. I gotcha. Um, one of his friends came home, found him hanging, and then you know the rest is history. Truly, you work in the restaurant industry. Must have been a, a weird atmosphere. It was the first thing everyone's brought up. It's been it's weird because I um, everyone's talked about it. My Instagram feed, there's a lot of chefs, there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of friends who are cooks uh, across Houston State, and everyone's mentioning it. Even some of my friends who aren't cooks, maybe worked in the industry a bit, um, they're still posting. Yeah, well, I think it's because he made, I mean, everyone loves food, and he made everyone, like, interested in not just food, but, like, traveling for the purpose of food. He made it cool to host a travel show. He made it cool to talk about food in that way. Um... Like everyone from like, um, egg, and ham cycles. Okay. Twenty-two year old college student. Yeah. To my mom, felt some form of connection with this man. My mom had texted me about it too. My mom posted on her Facebook wall. Did she really? Like, my yeah. mom. My mom was like, "Hey, did you hear? Are you upset?" Yeah, she texted me this morning as well. So. Well, I started watching. I didn't really know who he was. I knew he had shows on CNN and he did the Kitchen Confidential book. But I was like, I don't know who the hell this guy is when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, and I started watching Parts Unknown maybe when I was 20, 21. Oh, so you, No Reservations was already over by the time oh, you yeah. got into it. I, I didn't know anything. I did kn- you ever go back to No Reservations? I have since. Because it's much better than Parts Unknown. I don't know. I like No Reservations, but I really like the travel side of Parts Unknown. I like his narration. Yeah, um, maybe maybe watching it in the order that you did makes it easier, but you'd grown. I think there's, I don't know, probably almost 10 seasons of No Reservations. Well, there's eight, nine seasons of Parts Unknown. But I, um, what, what I'm in is um, once you get used to a certain narrative in a show, yeah, and then it's the same person doing a similar show when it's different. I got you. I was kind of like, eh, kind of give me no reservations. I kind of like the, I'm hanging out with the family for the day. This is what's wrong with these people. This is what's right about these people. Right. Um, the first few, I think it did eventually find its voice, but the first few were like oddly political. I get that. Um, yeah, which, sir. It's a good, it's like an mind. easy jumping off point. Yeah, I didn't mind the, the political thing, but no reservations was such an easygoing show. You could have it in the background and just kind of like, well, that's Page how I felt about Parts often. Unknown. It was like I, it was always on for like my duration of when I was chilling at the house, whatever. Like that was always on. Yeah, it just felt a little heavy for me. I, I mean, I get um, it. Some episodes, well, he like it was his show and his vision. Some of them like mimicked like weird French avant-garde films. Like that's why some of them are shot really weird. There's one in Tokyo where they, uh, it's probably my favorite one that he shoots, and he's like talking about like hentai and like bondage and all this other like weird subculture stuff in tokyo and it's like mimicked after an old like film um yeah but i've been watching it since i was maybe 21 and when i was in architecture school like watching that show got me excited about traveling and i think got me a lot more excited about uh cooking because i wanted to go to culinary school while i was in architecture school and i didn't do it and watching his show I read Kitchen Confidential and I thought it was really good. Uh, I wrote, read like a couple other books by Boku. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it feels weird. Everyone's brought it up today and everyone's kind of the same thing. It's like... Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think 
I think Houston especially because he had just recently come here not that long ago. Oh yeah. And shot. Um, everyone's like, oh, what restaurant is he going to? But he didn't really fuck with the. He, he truly went to parts unknown. Yeah. Well, he he put one of my spots on blast, and I was like really upset about it. Yeah. Uh, it was Himalaya. I when I first moved up here, I went to that spot, and I was like, I never had Indian food. I mean, it's Indian food in quotes. Mm-hmm. like that and it blew me away i was like this is the greatest it was so good um and that spot's got like super blown up since then hasn't it's yeah uh that i mean uh crawfish and noodles was like a, another one i think that was on there or was like that those, i feel like all those places have crowds all the time they do but like now it's like woodlands people out outer loopers so stay away on the weekends is what you're saying yeah okay. ever since david chang put crawfish and noodles on his too what you looking at uh, your hat. It's the teenage. Teenaged. It's a free hat. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um. At first, I was just kind of like, I'd seen the photo of Bourdain when I opened. It was the first thing in my thing. Uh, right. My news feed, not my Facebook. Uh, like the news updates on my iPhone. Okay. And I didn't even open it because I didn't even think. Like, oh, really, Anthony be, Bourdain's doing something cool again. Yeah, I yeah. literally didn't even. I went on. Uh looking at other stuff and then uh juliana was also up early and she's like uh oh did you hear the anthony bourdain died and i was like no nah, that's probably some hoax even though i had just seen him on my feed and you're I, like no nah, i can't I be still didn't put it together he's so, one of those guys that like he's been old for as long as he's been famous you know like he got famous at like in his 40s well even when i heard that he died i was like in one vein, I was like, it kind of makes sense because the guy seems to work so fucking hard. Yeah. That he's probably on planes and he's in hotels, like, probably, like, 200 days out of the year. Apparently, he was, like, really depressed. And, um, you know, you're probably, like, having locals trying to treat you to drinks and, like, fatty foods all the time. It just made me think, his lifestyle and him being 61 or yeah. I think that's how old he was. Um, it just kind of made sense that he would die an early death to, in my mind, even right. though he, he looks in the great shape, but he, yeah, he kind of has an old, like, a like, well, he's lived a hard life. Yeah. You know, the and he had a, a he had life. a, you know, he, you know, for drug for and 40 plus abuse. years, he abused drugs. I mean, like before he did kitchen confidential, the dude was like, but then to find that it was suicide, kind of like it took me, it, I was like, I had to take a not, step back. Yeah. I was like, that is not. Well, when I, I when I first it. saw it, I saw it on my Instagram feed, and I thought, "Oh, Anthony Bourdain." I was like, "Cool, cool photo." And then I read the caption, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then the next, I kid you not, the next like four or five were the same thing. Like, he had passed, and then later on, I think early in the morning, we found out it was suicide. Um, and we're like, "I, I no, it, it was weird." Everyone just kind of felt odd uh, talking about it because I think even on what is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have something called dumpling party where we make a thousand plus like tiny Turkish dumplings. So all we do is stand there for an hour because all the cooks have to do it. So everyone was just talking about how they first saw Anthony Bourdain. And somebody was like, I read Kitchen Confidential. I was like, oh, I watch Parts Unknown. One person's like, I never really liked the guy, but he was super, he seemed super cool. One person did jujitsu. One of the cooks does jujitsu and was like, the jujitsu world's like really upset. Because he was like a 61-year-old who was rolling with like super young dudes. That's what makes me feel so weird is that he had like a great, he had like a new girlfriend or has been for a while, you know, Asia Argento. Yeah. Daughter of Dario Argento. Um, Best name for her role in Triple X1. Uh, I would say Land of the Dead. <laughs> I uh, think best known. I didn't not her best role, but best known. You think best known for, for that? Triple X. I never saw Triple X. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, I saw Land of the Dead and loved her in it. Well, B- Bourdain's been in front of the camera and a part of like people's households through their television screen for so long that not only did everyone feel some form of connection to him, yeah, but he's over the time just had an opportunity to present just so many good quotes for people to just kind of like live by. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's an amazing writer and orator. Right, and I remember um, I had an employee here who um, who would always have um, a balance between wanting to, like, do whatever he wanted and, like, working hard. 
And like, I always felt like there was a like a flip back and forth switch with him. I get that. that. I I understand that. And I I remember sending him this quote or this photo with the quote on it one or two years ago. Yeah. And it's a quote for Anthony Bourdain that says, I understand there's a guy inside of me who wants to lay in bed, smoke weed all day, and watch cartoons and old movies. My whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. Yeah, I've heard that quote. Yeah, I think everybody... Everybody can relate. Well, not everybody, but not a definitely most not everybody. Pe- most I people from relate. most people from our generation or close to our similar generation uh, can relate to that when Maybe. video video games became like a a normalcy. And when you didn't like have to work, right? Yeah. And e- even in my early twenties, that's why I've I've always given you a lot of credit for having a a work ethic <laughs> at times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It, you're just so butthurt that I don't respond to you as quickly is, as you um, want. <laughs> is um, the fact that when I was, um, I mean, you're in your mid-20s now, but when I was in my early 20s, I just had no work ethic at yeah. all. Yeah. Everything was, I can't wait to get out of here so I can go home and do what I really want to do. I think so, a lot of mine was, I have, I've always had a really strong work ethic because I had a, my first like job with a paycheck was when I was 13. Um, when they said I was above five foot, I could have a job and I just don't have, I lacked a lot of focus. I still lack focus. A lot of my work ethic is scattered amongst a bunch of different endeavors and things I want to do. Yeah. I was worried that the, uh, it was possible the podcast could be going the way of the, of what? Of the Casey side projects. Casey side projects. (laughs) It's its own pod. Top 10 Casey side projects. Oh man! Think of it. I got time. like three <laughs> in the works now. Really? No, of course okay. not. Uh, one of my side projects has just been tabled. Like the a cooking project I have has just been tabled. So I'm kind of holding out. See yeah. what happens. Okay. I need the old guard to die so that I can come in, swoop in. That's literally. That's, that's kinda. Okay. Yeah, not to be too morbid, but I, li- <laughs> I need the old guard to die out. Talking death today on Case by Case. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Um, it made me think though, because it's, it's always weird to me when like a celebrity or somebody I didn't know had, has like some kind of emotional reaction with me when they die. Yeah. And you know, you see it on some people when like, you know, when Paul Walker died and people were like extremely emotional, I kind of had that thought like, really? Like, yeah, yeah, it's sad. Like, I, don't get me wrong. And I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was long ago enough that I was immature enough that I still made a joke about it. Sure. And I mean, it wasn't that uh, long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but I was immature enough at the time that I made a joke about it. And yeah. true, like I told you, Anthony Jeselnik, one of my favorite comedians. Oh, 9-11 happens. I think that was your quote. 9-11 happens that day. Jeselnik's making the joke the very next day. Right. Like, that's true to form. Yeah. Anthony. So I, I'd done the same thing with the Paul Walker thing. I'd, I'd said something like, I guess he's, something about he was his best, too fast. Yeah, something about his best movie or something like that. Or yeah. I don't know. Something bad. And I get a lot of shit for it. Did you really? I did. Um, he was, I think, really beloved in the car scene. Because some people like live that scene and geek out on those movies for the car specifically. Like I had a roommate who when Paul Walker died, he was legitimately upset. Um, because when Prince died, he was like, he texted me, hey, Prince died, man, I'm sorry. That's that's what I was gonna ask you. Is I was gonna be like, because on one hand, when that happens, you're thinking, wow, that's really weird that they have an emotional response to somebody that they don't know, right? And then you have one with the celebrity that you identified with or connected with, and I was wondering which celebrities or people you didn't know did I have, have a... passed away that kind of had like some kind of like emotional reaction from you. I kind of grouped Prince and Bowie together in a sense i think bowie had more of an impact on me than i thought um just because like those two were just like ethereal creatures that i thought would never die i'll tell you why prince didn't have the reaction for me sure it's even though i love prince and i probably listen to prince the following month like nonstop. He's fine. but it's because he had already kind of removed himself from society he he yeah he made that conscious choice so yeah he he it's not like i was seeing prince all the time and i was like yeah prince is awesome you know i was like very rarely seeing him already right he was already kind of like secluded in his minnesota home 
and then doing his thing. Yeah, and so when he passed, it was like it was a surprise because he was young, but not a surprise at the same time. I mean, Bowie it's was sh- what sixty nine. It's the shocking ones that gave me Bowie. The reason I had an emotional response to Bowie is because that album, Black Star, had either just come out or was just about to it come had out. Just. Oh no! It was released posthumously. I think. I think it came out the Tuesday after his death. It was already scheduled to release, that and he day. had already shot a video of him in a hospital bed being sick. And that song was like kind of a precursor. Lazarus. To Lazarus. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, holy shit! And it's such a good video, and it's a, such a good song. Well, that album, I, you want to like say because I think a lot of people hype stuff up after people die. That's an objectively a good album. I was like, this is a good. Yeah, I listened to it for some time, and I, I normally never listen to like legends new stuff because it's just kind of like i think there's exceptions bruce springsteen good bowie good um, you kind of look at bruce springsteen that is the hands down the best compliment the nicest thing i've ever said to you like a young springsteen oh my god yeah i can't look at you in the eye for the next like 10 minutes i need you to know that i Um, only want eye contact okay uh i think there was only one person i think in recent memory that died and i was like legitimately upset because i loved robin williams movies growing up but that wasn't one for me uh um, I, I think robin williams that one got you a little yeah because it was also suicide and it was weird right and it just it blew you know it's like the robin williams was another one like bourdain where somebody's like oh he seemed to have it so together in front of us right they like even though bourdain was like a negative person or and a pessimist at times right you feel like, well, he has a grasp on on how things are and how things work. Like he's not, it, he's aware, so maybe yeah. he can't like it won't and, get ahead. And of Williams him. was such a jokester and such a positive person that right. that both of those just kind of shook me that that they happened. Um, I guess the one that that got me was Lou Reed when he passed. Uh, I know that that's like not that one's like very specific. This is a uh, Casey. This is coming from oh. the guy who Blazing Saddles is his number one favorite rewatchable uh, movie. Um, yeah, when Lou Reed passed, that one shook me for like a little bit. I was like, oh shit. His his albums are super formative. Um, Velvet Underground and just like his solo stuff. When he passed that, that bummed me out. More, more so than Bowie and Prince. Really? Sure. That, that does surprise me. It's weird, right? Um, yeah, because he was like, he's like not really known as like I mean, he is known as Lou Reed, but he's not. Really, he's more known as like his ensemble, as the Velvet know, Underground. Velvet Underground, or like he like when he did stuff with Nico, but right. Um, but nobody was like top five favorite artists: Stones, Zeppelin, Lou Reed. You know, it's like you know what I mean, right? It's no, like, Lou Reed's definitely not in a lot of people's <laughs> top ten. Uh, I think without like giving a whole spiel about it, I went to the public library one day, stumbled across a Velvet Underground album. The album. Uh, with the banana on it mm-hmm. and then i have that i have that vinyl listen to it and i was like holy shit who is this found out it was like this guy i'd heard like a couple of songs like and walk on the wild like walk, walk on the wild side and a couple other satellite of love and i was like holy shit this is that same guy went through the whole discography fell in love with it at like 14 and then was obsessed is there anything better than like discovering a song or a band that you really like and then you go and you look them up and there's like six albums you've never heard of and you're like holy shit thank you that's what the velvet underground was for me and i was like he has solo stuff who the fuck is nico and i'm like i have to know i have to know everything he's ever done yeah yeah and that was a well what what are some other bands for you that have that have touched on that where it's like you didn't really hear them when you should have heard them or they were before your time and then you stumbled upon them and then there was just like this discography outside of like legends like obviously we weren't around for the beatles the stones the zeppelin or anything. right i mean but i mean velvet underground is a little more beneath the surface where right I would that, say something that's like one that got me um, is there any in your that were that came out during our lifetime like i know a lot of people relate to like bands like modest mouse so they right. went back everyone and, came we kind of talked about that just me and you yesterday right. um so I got a Bruce Springsteen album, and it's weird that you say that. I got my first Springsteen album. It was the greatest hits because my dad's a huge fan. He gave it to me when I was probably 11 for like Christmas. I got like a stereo and like 10 CDs, and one of them was Springsteen and Def Leppard, Rock of Ages. I know every 
I know way too much Def Leppard. That's unfortunate. Def. That's a really unfortunate thing, but I can recite that. Yeah, a lot. but Def Leppard was like they got a some huge band. They got for some a bangers, yeah. man. And that one-handed drummer. I know that's like weird to belittle him to that, but he's very talented. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Springsteen. You listen to some, but of even the, then, I would say Springsteen. Like, he's you're young enough where like well, he was still releasing have, albums. You shouldn't. Yeah, but you were like what a five-year-old, you know? Yeah. So. Um, is there any like for me? I have an example. Give me, help me out. Okay. Yeah. Um, built to spill, for me. Okay. Um, One that I really never dove into. Well, built to spill to me is like modest mouse before modest mouse. Is how I, right. I like to think of them. Um, so kind of like so Americana esque, like twangy, kind but of like, like weird voiced lead singer even sure. who doesn't really sing normally. Um, I didn't hear of Built to Spill until 2001 when I was nine. I was, how old was I? 17. Sick. Okay. <laughs> but I, even then I didn't really get into them till 2006 when, uh, either discography in front of me, I don't have this great memory. Uh, when Universe came out okay. and I was like, you know what? This album is so fucking good. Let me see what else they have. And then they had like four albums I'd never even touched on before. And it was just like, thank you, universe. (laughs) And then they ended up releasing like two more albums after that. And then I fell off. And I gotcha. Um, I think, I mean, you mentioned it, but Modest Mouse was, I came in when they put out. uh, Float on? No, after. It was the album after. It was with. uh, Oh, wow. With dashboard and spitting venom what is yeah. that what is the name of that album march into the sea no it's um we were dead before the shit we even sank or something right i came in on that album because i saw i cannot the, believe i remembered that i saw the music <laughs> video uh to dashboard and i was like it's like this weird paper mache kind of thing and i was like holy shit this and band's awesome what's, what's funny about that album is that's the album that really made old that many people hate them I guess you would call them the original mouse heads, pre-dead mouse. Oh, God. Yeah, um, okay. That's what made the modest mouse fans really turn on the band, the old ones. But modest mouse probably like, who cares? There's like 10,000 of y'all. <laughs> like, it was, we're yeah. Go get our they money. Started, I mean, that's when they got on Fuse and VH1 and They MTV. were still good at that time, but they were absolutely a different band. When I saw that, I was like, hey, I like this. I like Spitting Venom. There was like a five or six songs of that album I really liked. That's the album that got my brother into him as well. And I was like, holy shit, you're listening to Modest Mouse. And he's like, yeah. And, and of course it was that album. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then I dove back and found like The Moon in Antarctica. And uh, one of the few one of the few albums that Pitchfork's ever given a perfect score to. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, then I found like my favorite song by, one of my favorite songs of all time is by Modest Mouse. And it's, uh, hang on. This, I mean, this is I a long so drive many. before... So What's, many of their old songs are are in my top like hundred. Well, make everything They're happy so is my favorite song. Maybe my top ten favorite songs. Like the last song of that album, like Me- Mechanical Birds, where he just like stops and goes ape shit on the guitar and like wailing on it. Um, that, I love the last songs of albums so often. <sighs> if they just hit it right and they just play it out, um, Interpol had a song called The Lighthouse on the end of one of their lesser popular song right. I mean albums but that that song just hits the right way at the end of an album where I'm just like fuck this is so good well even Baron Bomb bullshit their like live album I love <laughs> I do not care for their sound live do you really I it think their like, live sound is so much more fun it definitely has a, a better energy to it but man the um, you can truly tell whatever his name is cannot sing a lick. Oh yeah, he cannot. He can barely carry it. Like a well, that's why I kind of like him because he's like Andrew Jackson Jihad, uh, like that their lead singer. Well, I saw clap your hands. Say yeah, are you familiar with them? Yeah, uh, no. They were kind of like a indie band that had a moment. Okay, like a decade ago. Oh, shit. Their lead singer famously could not sing a lick, but it really? was like one of the most fun shows I'd ever been to, and nobody gives a shit. You know, it's just like if you can do it right. You can get away with it. Well, me and my brother had talked about that. The lead singer, Tunde Adabimpe, from TV on the radio. Mm. Uh, not, I mean, if you listen to his voice, not a great singer. 
but he can kind of hit those notes and he has like a really great and like, you can kind of tell from the way they produced the album that there's a lot of like oh there's so much thought yeah on his and there's it, a lot of stuff going on with his voice that kind of like mask right. it it's the same way when like well kanye sings on a song it's the similar i have a lot of thoughts on kanye singing but uh <laughs> no but today i've seen when they did like the live on letterman those guys were insane they were so good it's a band i really want to see live have we moved long. have we moved off bourdain and officially onto music now i think bourdain talks about music all the time he had you know how many musicians he had on his show yeah uh he did my, one of my favorite episodes was about miami where he's like i hated he like says i fucking hate miami this is a spot where will smith miami comes in oh that'd be sick please put it in okay. i really hope you do <laughs> uh but he had iggy pop and quest love on that episode that he did, and I was I was like blown away. Oh, you're a big Quest Love guy. So. I'm big. Well, as much as I am the roots of Quest Love, it's Iggy Pop for me. Really? I heard I want to be your dog at probably like ten, and I was like, punk music is everything. Yeah, we were thinking of a um, a top ten list. I for, I think we were just briefly discussing music, and you had mentioned that you came from. The emo era. Oh, it was pop punk. And that's that's kind of your shtick is brand new. Taking back break taking back Sunday, brand new. Uh you guys can give me so much shit, I don't care. My chemical romance. I'm sure everybody your age is like, fuck yeah. Well yeah, August Burns Red. (laughs) You want to go even harder? How about the how about the used? Did you go used? I can listen to maybe three back to back songs of the used before I'm like, "Eh, okay, that's enough. Okay, so when wasn't it kind of like Mally Chemical Romance and you just at the same time? And they did a tour. They did a huge tour together, uh, and I really wanted to yell. I did. Who opened for who? Uh, use open for Mike Chem. Oh, wow. I think they all Mike Chem. Tra- is that what you guys call it? Mike MCR. Kim? Okay. Uh, I want to get the lingo down. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I've always said Mike Chem. Yeah. Um, Mike Chem. Hey, let's go see Mike Chem later. Well, they don't perform anymore. Who's Mike Chem? Mike Chem. No, <laughs> bastard. Uh, now that yeah, that's my era, man. Like I love that stuff. But it was punk that got me into pop punk. Okay. It was like hearing Iggy Pop, then hearing the Clash, and then hearing early Weezer because I came in at Beverly Hills and Perfect Situation. And you listen to early Weezer albums; those are they're kind of punk albums, like the Blue Album, Pinkerton, punk pop, maybe yeah, pop punk. Pop. They're pop, pop first for sure, with like I don't some know. angst in it. Well, the band that to go back to like bands that I heard one album and it was like a real popular song and then I went back and was like you have five other albums are you fucking kidding me was against me um, oh god I thought you were gonna say something good what, what, what <laughs> you, I mean I could say that about like Nas or something or I, no, mean, I, I like your honesty I think people appreciate I love punk music so you're if we did a top 10 guilty pleasures list you could just I say don't believe your, in guilty pleasures your I music. need to know that you just like what you like. Yeah. I have a strong stance against guilty, guilty pleasure. There's nothing you would consider a guilty pleasure. I mean, you like what you like, man. I, I know, but there's I nothing get the, where I you're get, like, I know. Yeah, but there's nothing where you're like, I shouldn't like this, but I do anyway. Wouldn't that be a little guilt? I suppose. I, I don't know, man. I don't even mean guilt. I'm Britney Spears, you're ashamed about it. I just Britney mean Spears like, Toxic is amazing, objectively. It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. Toxic, great song. Um, I did like that song. Who doesn't like that song? Of course you do. You're yeah. a human being. I think you that's the years. only Britney song I like, though. That's not true. I think so. Listeners, to- I need you to know. Casey has not made eye contact with me for this whole Britney conversation. He's clearly <laughs> lying. He loves Britney Spears. I'm Everyone. Go- I'm googling against me to find out who this band is. Uh, um, I'm I'm familiar with them. So you're familiar that the lead singer transitioned. Transitioned. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about them. Well, that's what made them like famous now. But when I saw them live when I was 17, Tom James Gable, like at 6'5", this skinny rail of a dude just wailing and vote. This is, again, Bruce Springsteen. Did they survive his transition? Oh, they've, I think, blown up. More so. They, because... Don't have my thumb on the pulse of the pop punk scene it's not pop punk that's punk that's not pop punk it's just punk huh? it's just punk uh bruce springsteen's favorite band to listen to against me bruce springsteen's I, favorite band to listen i will do some research on this please one. do okay he, in a quote he's like hey what's your favorite thing that you're listening to is like favorite band that i'm listening to is a band out of florida 
against me. This was years ago, but it's what turned my dad on to against me too. Bruce Springsteen name drops against me. There you go. Wow. I told that you. That is crazy. I fucking told you. Wow. He, uh, I saw them live. Tom James Gable, lead singer. Now Laura James Grace. Laura Jane Grace. Um, yeah. I like reference this band in an architecture project where I was talking about like can buildings and structures express like femininity and masculinity and what is a building that kind of crosses those boundaries look like. And they had like a feud with like Slipknot, right? I think there was something like that, but yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Slipknot, I, I could have listened to a few songs of. I mean, Slipknot and Korn, I kind of lumped together as like. Slipknot's like a decade after Korn. Uh, they both have a sem- I like both have similar hair that's like the only thing Duality by Slipknot that song goes so hard are you kidding me two drummers yeah but they're both playing like with a double bass pedal so it just sounds insane um, that, that did kind of sound cool the two drummer thing yeah, it did it sounded great um, man I can like it's weird I can I'm gonna start rattling off well, some Slipknot to, chord to, songs to turn the to turn the music and the the current event conversation kind of just a little bit back to present time. Sure. The last two weeks, uh, Kanye has released albums. Uh, Is it albums? I've only listened to one at this point. Yeah, one. He had a listening party last night in Wyoming again. And, and there released a new today? album that's a collaborative album with Kid Cudi. Today? Yeah, so it's out now. Like for anyone, Kid Cudi. Thank you for coming back into the world and making music again. So you are a fan of Kid Cudi. Uh, I, I genuinely think that Kid Cudi is like a born in like 1990 and after only audience. I think so. You don't like Kid Cudi. I do not like Kid Cudi. You didn't like Pursuit of Happiness, like the last time, and I think Ratatat was in that song during Ratatat's I, moment. I think. Oh, Ratatat was in that song. I was like, it was either MGMT or Ratatat. Yeah. Uh, I like Kid Cudi as a feature. Like, he's really good. His voice is really interesting. He's Yeah, he's good in small doses for me. Like, he was good on when he had moments in the life of Pablo. Um, right. And then he's uh, He was on other... Dark, Beautiful, Twisted Fantasy as well. If yeah maybe I, I can't really remember but yeah I like him as a feature as a number two can't listen to a Kid Cudi album okay um, I get that but it sounds like I just I've only listened to the album one time and it was when Adi the uh, sales guy at uh, Club Never that's clubnever.com oh my God. end of season sales happening right now pick up that born and raised <laughs> um when Adi was playing uh, the album when I came in, so I quickly just, you know, it's another seven-track album. Sure. But the last one took a while to digest on me and for me to appreciate the songs. Did you ever give last week's album, Yay, a listen? I did. And what were your thoughts? I liked it a lot better the second time. So you've only listened to it twice? Or you've... Me and Taylor listened to it uh, on the day we moved, like late in the day. And I was like, yo, we got to hear this Kanye album drop today. Were horribly grumpy. I wasn't into it that first time. I was like, "This album blows." Grumpy, like snapping at each other. Grumpy. We we snapped at each other. I that's, mean, we, that's called moving. That's just moving. And yeah. it was like it fed into the next what couple of days. That's not gonna fit there. What do you come, come on, hey, Taylor? Stack the boxes. <laughs> and then she's like, "Don't yell at me. Don't fucking talk to me that way." That was <laughs> us moving. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then like five minutes later, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Come too. on, if you put that there, it's clearly gonna tip over when we turn. Use your head. God, you're going to get me hot. I'm mad at Taylor. I'm mad at my <laughs> wife right now. <laughs> um, but no, I listened. we listened to it like two days ago as we were driving around. I, I We both came around it. I thought it was a lot better. Um, but I want to hear this one with Kid Cudi because I'm a big Kid Cudi fan. The merch for this week is way better. Really? Like last week he released like this Wyoming merch that had like a stock font. And a stock Wyoming photo. And, he's all uh, about Wyoming. My friend went to the listening party. He flew to Wyoming. Oh no. This girl. Well, this Hard to say friend. I went to high school with this person. It's acquaintance of yours? At this point, not even. It's just somebody I follow. Okay. Follower on Instagram. Moves to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Years ago. 
lives there is like a works at some camp or some shit. She goes to the listening party, takes a picture with Kanye. I mean, if you're in Wyoming already, why not? Why not? What else is going down in Wyoming? Kanye's talking to her about. She like has this video of them like talking to each other and like hanging out. Then she has a picture with Kanye like away from the party with like other people hanging out. Then he, I don't know. Well, this this week's merch was um, designed by uh, Takashi Murakami. Whoa, really? Yeah, and cool. So he designed it. He designed the piece, and then Virgil Abloh of Off White, okay, did the layout of the merch. So a pretty significant collaborative effort. And it looks really cool. I really like um, Murakami's piece that he put on the back and the and the. The text that's on the arm. Yeah. Unfortunately, the T-shirt and the um, there are long sleeve tees, hoodies, and jackets. I want to be like Kanye. It's fucking June, but um, unfortunately, they're like off white colored, like cream. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So the the back of the shirt and the sleeve is really cool, but I'm like, man, I just those are not my colors, and I cannot, I could not bring myself to buy the $130 coach's jacket. Yeah, don't do it. Um, I did buy two of the t-shirts and okay. one of the hoodies. I haven't decided to keep a resell. Uh, Juliana is a big Kid Cudi fan, or used to be. Okay. And we're both um, obviously Kanye fans, and we're both uh, Murakami fans. Murakami. So, did you go to his show? I did not. I didn't either. Um, I felt really bad. I know. Because then it went to like Fort Worth and we didn't go. I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> you didn't go to the cause show. Well, that was in Fort Worth. I had, some of us have jobs. I didn't know it was in Fort Worth when we went. I think I think that show happened like just as I opened Club Never. So I literally. Oh, that's right. Cause I, think, I think it literally had just happened. We went to Fort Worth because I wanted to see the Tadao Ando building which is the modern and then next door is the uh lewis sullivan's kimball and i wanted to go see those because they're like amazing museums and like amazing works of architecture it just so happened that cause was at the modern so the it was incredible it was october 20th to january 20th and oh that's like right before you opened it was literally like when i signed the lease and was like getting the shop ready right i probably should have made the effort to go, but again, I didn't. I didn't you have know. I didn't exactly know what the exhibit was. All over here. Oh, sorry, they're real. <laughs> I do have replicas okay. in the shop, right? Because people like to touch. But I got the real stuff at home. Bullshit! I'm robbing you. This thing's <laughs> worth so much. No, I, I don't have the real pieces I have here because I have like extremely rare pieces here. Yeah, replicas. Gotcha. But. <laughs> But yeah, I have real pieces at home. Those plush toys? They did a raffle. We have the that's how you got to buy them. I can't buy the plush toys as much as I love them because I have a crazy dog named Dean. I'll eat him. And Dean will eat them. He's already eaten my couches, I've mentioned. Two couches. Wow. So you I'll never dog sit your dog. <laughs> you don't have a valuable couch, you can do it. I, well, I think it's have a purple it's, couch I really enjoy. Well, it's because they're leather. And he's just like, mm. that tastes mm. familiar. Your texture is nice. Yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. So he just gets bad anxiety. Poor guy. So, yeah, he loves his dad. It's weird to me how into dogs you are. I'm a very loving person. I'm a very sweet soul. I have lots of love to give. So it only makes sense to me. Radio silence. Okay. Um, it just surprised me that you were. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. So into dogs. But Facebook asked me if I wanted to set up a donation for my birthday. To you did, and I did to the ASPCA. That was really cool. Yeah, and I met my goal of two hundred dollars. Hey, solid. Yeah. Um, so shout out to um, three family members and J Rec. <laughs> Shouts out J Rec <laughs> for the donations. J-Rec. I J- like that guy. J-Rec coming through. Yeah. yeah. And you're not it. you're not so out on J-Rec? I never was. Okay. I don't I think before No, I don't think you ever were. Yeah. But 
I just wanted to say so out because I haven't heard it in some, some You're time. so out. I'm so out on that guy. I'm so <laughs> out on that guy. Well, apparently people think I have like catchphrases that I say. You like, do have catchphrases. I definitely do have <laughs> go-to things that I say. What's the other one? Pop, pop, pow. Ka ka ka. This is how rusty we are. I don't even know your catchphrases Kendrick anymore. Kendrick Lamar is, I'm just like taking right. it. So you've got ka ka ka. Oh my gosh. So out. Liking so everything right. nobody else likes. True. <laughs> that that's your thing. I just like things, man. I like I like Chicken stuff. wraps from Chick-fil-A. If you don't like chicken wraps from Chick-fil-A, you stop a, listening to my podcast. I had a really good quote about that. That Oh, it's been so long. I don't think I'll be able to grab it quick enough. Yeah. But it was something... Something along the lines of choosing the chick for lap, ah, sorry, choosing the chicken wrap from Chick Fil A is the most millennial bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> who is this this OG uh, Chick Fil A connoisseur who's like, yeah, how dare you? Basically anyone I know. I mean, we're all over thirty. You're all over thirty, and yeah. y'all all just circle jerk each other in y'all's conversations. It, it, it's not in my group chat. It, this was a message again over thirty. Sent. I can't wait till I'm over 30 and can talk to like all my friends this way. Well, your young friends. My young friends. Your friend friends will agree with you and think that you walk on water. You're so right. Because you all share the same opinion. Exactly. I can't wait till I have that type of friendship with people. At this point, I can barely like respond to text messages to people who text me. Well, you're selective in your responding. I'm sure you do plenty of responding. You just don't respond to me. Oh, man. I need you to know I don't respond to a lot of people. Really? Yeah. It's not like I'm getting blown up or anything. It's just like here, uh, Alex, Alex, whatever his name was, not whatever. I just don't want to put it out there. Just responded to me. Apparently he's messaged me like a bunch of times and I've never just messaged back. Sorry, Alex. Well, here's something that's related to the pod. At least we got some feedback. Sorry. About um, the unpopular opinion pod that we did. Oh, just yeah. to quickly share. Um, we were commended for uh, saying what needed to be said. About? About a lot of things, but specifically, I feel like we got a lot of agreement on Selena. Oh, that Selena's like not... That, oh, you know, well, we've overdone it. She is the queen. It. She is, right. obviously. Like, she is... Shouts so, out. Shelly. Someone phrased it to me in a way that made me understand it better. Okay. So I just wanted to quickly share that before we go. Go for it. Selena was the Mexican people's proof that something could come out of the shithole of the Texas Valley. Mm. And I was like, oh, if you if you think about it like that, that, you know, the Brownsville, the literally the up, valley. Up between, to Corpus. Yeah, yeah. The valley of like Corpus down to Mexico and then slightly over Mexico is is kind of a shithole. If you guys are from there, I mean... Man, I said shithole. I and need I'm a you white to know male. you are like Trump. Donald Trump of Texas right now. <laughs> no, I'm quoting someone else. We all heard it. Casey says we're from shit. Not a lot of things come out of there. And for something as successful as Selena to come out of that area, you can understand why you would overdo it. Right. If, if thought of like that. What doesn't make sense to me... For the people outside of the valley, is like why it's been blown up. Now. Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean to call the valley a shithole. I just mean that. Right. Well, have you been to the valley? It's not great. Well, Juli- I, Juliana, San Antonio was just had north a house of it. there. Really? Yeah, and we and she sold it just two years ago, okay. and um, you know, her mother grew up there, so she's very familiar with the valley. Um, her brothers go down there all the time. This is the equivalent of you saying, "I have black friends. I can make black jokes." What I was saying, what I was, <laughs> no, what I was trying to do is talk back where I said shit all five minutes ago. Right, yeah. You're like, let no, me, it's let actually me pretty good. Oh, my wife lived in the valley. I can say that. Yeah. So. Um, now, I, San Antonio is just, what, like a few hours north of like whatever boundary it is that the valley is or an hour. Um, yeah, we've, I mean, Corpus wasn't far at all, man. Once you go outside of San Antonio, it gets bleak. Um but I think the reason Selena became so popular now is that there's a huge thing on like women's rights and she's like a huge like popular woman figure who's also like POC. She's also like not a skinny petite thing. She's like there's a lot of things. But she did have butt implants, right? How like dare you? low key. How, like she had butt implants. I need you to how dare you? I she think did. she had butt implants and she did not. I think she did. That's natural. I think she's one of the OG butt implants. Kim Kardashian has butt implants. 
The Kardashians have barn implants. Selena does not. Well, I found the quote. Go ahead. Chick-fil-A chicken wrap. Best item on the menu is some shit a kid who's... <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna... Is some shit a kid who started high school in 07 would say. I did start in 07. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so pay attention to the podcast. He knows your timeline. Who's this? I can't tell you that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't want you old anymore. Jason? Hey, no, it's not Jason. But I want to be able to get that level of honesty of feedback. Because don't worry. He's equally as mean to me. I just have not shared them. Oh, so. you busted Daytona stripper, you. Oh, Chris definitely the meanest. He literally is texting me mean things as we record today. Oh, gosh. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know who said that to me, but I hate you. It's been a bummer of the day. Um, hopefully, um, the second half of this pod is... Has made people forget about it for a moment. Yeah, and, guys. You know, and Bourdain seemed like a cool dude, so he will um, be missed absolutely. Um, the restaurant industry, for sure, is missing Bourdain hard. Um, he gave a platform to a lot of young cooks, like myself and other people, to like look at this career as kind of the fucked up mess that it is, but also like a beautiful, wonderful career where we serve people and make people happy. And that's that's you know why I'm into it. And he's our big reason of why I considered it in the first place. Yeah. What's the quote he has where he's like, he's like, I'm not your dietitian. I'm not your whatever. Yeah. He's I'm, like, I'm in the pleasure business. Exactly. And that's so. what we do. We at Nancy's serve. We happily say like, we love butter. Like don't eat our food <laughs> every single day. It's not good for you, but it's going to be amazing. The yeah. experience. Yeah. That's good. Well, um, I think you said it well. I think so. And, uh, thanks for listening. Guys. Thanks guys. Constitutionally protected rights. No one else will do it.